Today's episode of Pushing Through was brought to you by Discover. Discover matches all the cashback you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. And we're also brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. It's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run in the big dance. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of all the action. Bet $4 on any underdog. Win $256 if they win. It's that simple. That's bet $4 on an underdog and select college basketball games. And if they win, you collect $256. The bank is now open. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $4 into $256. If the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset, that's code TATE to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, NBA basketball is back. How excited are you? We're in the second half of the season. Are you watching? Are you fired up? You're giving. You're already giving me the the side eye. Well, no, I'm not giving you the side eye. It's just you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting back into the into my groove. You know, there was yep. like a a little week of you know, I, I don't know if it was a break or whatever you want to call it. And I just need about another week to kind of get back into the swing. I had started a new routine. You know, no, my, my routine would always revolve around me watching NBA games. My family mm. kind of, you know, they, they know the schedule. They slid know, in. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden, that break kind of threw me off, threw the family off. And now I'll, I got to like, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, you, you stop working out for a week. Kind of throws you off mm. a little bit. But I'm, you mm. know... I'll be back onto my swing by next week. I'll be back into it next week. Well, I, I'm going to get you up to speed on what's happening in the world of the NBA. On and the it court, comes, please. On the court, y- not yes, off the court. Yes, on, well, on, the, on the, court. the court, it comes down to two words, and that's scary, Terry. And uh, you know this, BJ. You may not have seen this, but uh, the Pistons and the Hornets had a great game last night. Pistons yes. fall back in this game. But the backcourt of Scary Terry and LaMelo Ball, uh, they answered the bell again. Even Michael Jordan was there sitting courtside at one point. BJ caught a live ball, spun it one time in his hand, and the world went crazy because we just <laughs> want to see Michael basket. We want to see Michael Jordan with the basketball again. Uh, but did, did you see any of this? And, and am I too excited about Scary Terry? Because a lot of stories today saying he has the MJ mentality. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh, I, I, I had to laugh as I said yeah, that, but I but yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited, BJ. I like this I like this backcourt of these two guys. Well, I, I do like the fact that you know Charlotte is winning games. I do like that. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for back. Charlotte. Hey, I'm rooting for back. Charlotte. I'm yep. I'm rooting for you know my, my, my friend down there and you know Michael. It'd be good to see him 
He's having fun, BJ. I can see it. I think they have a really great young player. You know, I keep saying it. You know, LaMelo Ball is, you know, he's really playing well. He's playing excellent basketball. And more importantly, they're winning with him. So it's it's great to see. All of the comparisons, the mentality, I'm going to let you handle that. That's for your generation. Mm. Mm. Um, I do like Terry, though. I do. I, I, I am a Terry Rozier fan. I do like the fact that he takes big shots. I do like the <laughs> fact that he plays, you know, hard-nosed, tough basketball. But I'm going to let you guys handle all of the comparisons and looking for the next superstar, right? I'm not really looking for the next superstar. I'm just looking for, you know, guys who are going to play hard. And that mm. was one of those games. The Pistons, they always play hard. That's what I really respect about this Detroit Pistons team and what they're doing down there and their culture. It's one thing you can count on the Pistons. They're going to play hard. Mm-hmm. And that was a, you know, considering first game back for both teams, that was a well-played game and uh, came down to the end. And, uh, you know, eventually the, the Hornets came out with the win. Yeah, and the Hornets, I will say this, they're the most fun team. They're, you know, they opened the game. There was a video that went around BJ. Your guy, Bismack, slaps Terry Rozier in the back of the... I, I, that I, was that, funny. They started playing tag. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, they're the most lovable team in the league. If that, you, you want to just jump on the bandwagon of a fun team, not going to say they're going to win it all. Not going to say they're even, you know, going to be a playoff team per se. But they're having fun. They seem to like each other. And then you have Michael Jordan right there, and he's smiling. I mean, I remember a few years ago, BJ, Michael Jordan was slapping Malik Monk in the back of the head. <laughs> I don't think that was so, funny. Yeah, no, well, no. well, that wasn't <laughs> funny, but it, at the time it represented us as Hornets fans because we, we wanted to do the same. And now Malik Monk's been great. Uh, the, the whole team seems to like each other. And I don't know. I like team basketball, BJ, and the Hornets have it. And I think the Pistons have it a little bit because they play like a team and they play hard. So it was a fun game last yeah, night. It, it, it really was. And like I said, I, I have no no problems when teams come out and give that type of effort and energy. So great win. You know, you Charlotte Hornet fans look We're like too you're hyped. Good. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, you guys should be hyped. You you really should. And, and you know We're what? We're too buzzed. You should be. But you know what? It, it's been a long time coming for you guys. And I'm hoping that you guys get to the playoffs. I really am. I think it'd be yep. great for the city of Charlotte. It'd be great for all those young players. And you know what? I think with Gordon Hayward and Bismack Biombo and the veteran leadership that they have, I think it's a great combination that they have going down there right now. So let's. Let's ride. Uh, let's ride the Queen City. Let's ride it all the way let's to the playoffs. It. How about that? Let's do it. The buzz is back. Uh, we got to call Master P at some point and let him know that the buzz is back. He brought it there one time. I remember those <laughs> days. Those were good times. Uh, let's talk about BJ. You mentioned the Pistons. Their star. Uh, Jeremy Grant is now in the news because we, we had Coach Sir. We did our hoopology session on Locker Room on Wednesdays. We do that every Wednesday. And Coach Sir brought it up. The, the Nuggets are a formidable team, obviously, with Jokic and Jabal Murray. But they do miss, you know, the presence of Jeremy Grant, a guy that has shown that he has all-star potential, you know, up with Detroit. And then we get the rumors, BJ, your favorite, you know, your trade deadline rumors that are getting leaked out to the world. And it says the Celtics are interested in pursuing Jeremy Grant, who just signed, of course, with Detroit in the offseason season what are your thoughts here because when I see this I say don't they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who are both wing guys who are already all-stars and now they're going to try to get another wing that's an all-star well you know Tate rumors are always fun until (laughs) the rumor is about you yes the rumors are always fun and from a fan perspective we love to hear the rumors right oh this Mm -hmm. team is trying to do this this team is trying to do that it's good on paper it's good in a vacuum yeah as an executive, 
and as a, a former executive that worked in the league, you know, you really mess up other teams with these rumors. And you really mess up the locker rooms of the teams of the players that you hear the rumors about, you know? Yep, for sure. And when you start here, sources say rumor has it team X is trying to trade for a team player, for the player. A, a lot of times people take that very serious. Mm-hmm. And that, that will mess up a locker room if there are fragile personalities or fragile egos within that locker room of the rumor or the person. When I hear these rumors, that's the first thing I always think about is, okay, who's trying to mess up whose locker room? Mm-hmm. Right? Because there is an irresponsibility to, re- to report this, right? If there is a true rumor, let's say you and I have an interest in a player X, I don't think the first thing we're going to do is allow and put that out in the media before we actually call that team to notify them to say we do have an interest. Mm-hmm. Okay, because when you're in that locker room with those guys, there is a certain amount of trust that you have, right? What's the trust? That trust is betrayed when you hear, oh, they're trying to trade me. Or they're accepting you understand that they're accepting calls on your back. Look, if another team calls, there's nothing you can do. But when yep. you are initiating calls, that can mess up a locker room. That can mess up a team. And that's the one thing that I I, I don't, you know, I, I I don't I don't like it. I don't I don't I don't. I think there has to be a better way to do it because so when you start saying these things, so if you let's say. For instance, the player that you mentioned is coming to the other team. Well, somebody's not going to play on that other team. Yeah. Because you're not going to get a, a good player back for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, That's, I mean, that that is the implication, right? Yeah. You hear that rumor and you think, well, then that means one of those all-stars I mentioned before probably, or at least are in discussions. And then, like you said, I mean, the the, the Celtics are not probably leaking this because the, the Pistons are not I, making I a playoff run. It, but, I, I, yeah. I, but what I am saying is that Every year during this time and being on the this. other side, being a former player and being a former executive, you understand that when you're trying to build something, it just takes one of those rumors to tear it all down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see this time and time again. So, and being a player and being an former executive, you understand that many times of these leaks is strategic in how they get leaked. Because if you're an executive, the last thing I want is for my player to know if I'm trying to trade Tate, I don't want Tate to know that I'm trying to trade him. Yep. He's going to be like, oh, Tate's going to be like, oh, BJ is trying to get rid of me? Oh, Okay. You know, I remember one trade. I'd be hurt, PJ. I remember one trade. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Robert Ory. Robert Ory gets traded, I think, for Sean Elliott, if I believe correctly. Or something Sean, like that. Sean Elliott has such a uh, such a presence yeah, on and pushing he through didn't somehow. Past yeah. the physical, <laughs> and he gets traded, and then the trade has to be rescinded, and they both mm-hmm. have to go back. It, I, I can't imagine how uncomfortable that was for everyone. Right. You trade mm-hmm. a guy and then all of a sudden, hey, guys, your trade didn't go through. 
how does that supposed to work? And I think if I remember correctly, I think the Houston Rockets ended up winning the championship that year mm-hmm. with Robert Ory when he came back to the Houston Rockets. And those are the things that, you know, those are the human elements that the numbers and the rumors and all of the things that doesn't take into account. So I'm always just a little cautious when I hear about the rumors because you want to be respectful to these people. Mm -hmm. And it's the, look, we're in the, we're in the business of people and our trade is going to happen. Yes. Do we expect to be traded or expect to improve your team? Absolutely. But there's a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And I never want to get into this cycle of thinking of the players as as assets or just tradable commodities and like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're going to trade and improve our team. No, these are people. Mm -hmm. These people Mm -hmm. have families. These people Mm -hmm. have feelings. And Mm -hmm. and and, and I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. So, okay, it's going to happen. But why I got to throw it in their face? If yeah. the trade's going yeah. to happen, hey, that's the business. We all signed up for this. We're all big boys, big girls. We're going to do what we have to do. That's our job. But why I got to throw it in their face and treat it like, you know, like that word asset, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm mm-hmm. just going to trade. Yeah, you know, I'm, I mean, there's, I'm getting there an asset that... back. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. No, you're getting yeah. a person back. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's, mm-hmm. again, that's just me. And I get it. I'm not I'm not judging it. I, I just want to have a certain level of respect for the people, the executives, the the people who are running these franchises, the coaches, the players, the league. I don't want to I don't want to go down that that path of like, oh, they got they have a lot of assets to get X amount of play. No, this is this is. That's a person. That's a person yeah. behind that uniform. There's a person that's making that phone call. There's a person mm-hmm. who's up in that suite that's, you know, the governing body of this team or whatever it is, however you want to term it. So I just want to be very cautious and be respectful to this business that we're in. We chose it. It is what it is. But I, I, re, I don't want to go down that path. Yeah, no, I feel that. I, I understand that. And it's, you know, it's one thing to say something is an asset that is not, you know, <laughs> it's like not a real uh, person or right. an animal or anything. You know what I mean? Like that is, you know, common conversation. But I get what you're saying with that. And, you know, one thing I did want to ask you, BJ, just as an agent, you know, someone that has to deal with these types of things and deal with reports that come out. And, you know, the NBA in general, you know, they're so innovative as, you know, an organization you know, trade rumors have changed over time. It's one thing if you read about it in the paper in 1996, you know, and that's a headline. Yeah, that sucks. But it's like, you know, this one headline, this one paper that we see. And, you know, now it's 15 million different blogs, 15 million different podcasts talking about it. I mean, it's it is an onslaught, uh, you know, of the, all those conversations coming at you. So just, you know, someone that has to deal with that and talk to players. I know that the the natural you know thing that we always hear is, hey, it's a business. Right. And that's always the, the conversation that comes across. But I mean, how do you humanize it? And if you can, I know it's tough. And, uh, you know, I just had to ask because it, 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 from the outside <clears throat> looking in, it is not. Uh, it is not for the faint of heart, right? It, it's a tough business. Well, it, it really is. And the business is, is changing as we speak. And now with social media, things are happening, happening in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, 
as we're talking right now, I'm sure teams are talking. And suddenly when reporter X and reporter Y reports it, sources said that such and such <laughs> is in a conversation with the team. Like now the, the player is up in arms. Now you have to make a call to find out what's going on. And then the worst is when you do make that call and teams deny it. And then all of a sudden the trade act does happen. You know, it's like, you know, where does this, you know, where, where's this going? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, when I said, where's it going? Because look, you can't stand in the way of these executives doing their job. The players want to know what's going on. To me, the respectful thing or the honorable thing to do, if there is something that's going on, right, when it does happen, you, again, this is just my opinion, you have a responsibility. I think it's just good business when you let that player and their representatives know this is what happened and you move on. The worst is when you hear about it on social media or Twitter or however you consume your news or television or what have you. So, but again, I don't, I'm not even upset when the team say, Hey, BJ, you know, cause I've made this call a thousand times, right? Well, you know, that's something we can't share at this particular time. I respect that. Just like sometime when the, the teams call me, I tell them I can't share things with them. Right. That's, that's just part of the, the business. But when something does happen, and you don't hear from the team, that to me is when you you you, you say, wait a minute, okay, what's going on here? There's a level yeah. of professionalism, okay? Mm -hmm. I Every executive, I want to say this, has the responsibility to improve their team. If they're not trying to improve their team, then they're not doing their job. We understand that, okay? We understand that. But, but, and it's a big but, you also have to, the delicate balancing act of trying to improve your team without being disruptive to your team because mm -hmm. those are human beings that are in that locker room. Okay? And when things get leaked, that to me is the irresponsibility of saying, listen, you know, I, I'm not trying to, if it gets leaked from a third party, like if you and I are on the phone, how how who needs to know that about that conversation? Mm -hmm. If you are an executive and I'm an executive, who needs to know about that conversation other than those two people? That that to me, because those young people that hear their names in trades, they they're sensitive about that. Hey, these are prideful mm -hmm. people. No, you know. They, you know got families they they got kids in school they got you know and, most of and, them and, go ahead and, and they're masters of their craft yeah, right i mean they, so they, like it's they, like these are these are you know these are people that have mastered a certain profession and craft and expect to be you know the best and and work hard to be the best so when you are telling them you know no matter who it is that that their time is up or that you don't value them right. and that you, you like that that's hard for anyone to take no yeah, matter what industry you're in what hey i remember the first time i i was traded i remember i, I remember what that felt like you know mm -hmm. um so again i think it's just something that 
we know, and I say we, the players know it's going to happen, right? Everyone gets traded, right? I mean, very rarely do you stay with a franchise for your entire career. And I just want to be respectful. You know what I mean? I just want to be respectful to the profession, to the business, but more importantly, to the people, right? Yeah. As an executive, when I... And I, and I struggled with that. I struggled trading players. I str- Because you understand, like, one moment you, you draft this player, man, we hope you, we hope things work out. And all of a sudden, hey, thanks, but uh, we're mm-hmm. moving on. Like, that's mm-hmm. a tough, okay, when I, when and, I first and, got into business, right? When and I that, first got and that transition can happen in six months, 18 months, you know, two years, three years, four, whatever it may be. You never know when that time is going to come, yeah, right? So it's, and, it's always that, too. And you, I, I, I remember having to get past that and having a way to deal with that because you're looking at the people, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, this was pre, you know, you know, you know, all of the things now, how you communicate. I wasn't texting someone that, you know, you, you had to go meet that person and and that meant something. You had to go tell that person face to face and having those, you know, you know, conversations face to face with someone to let them know they got traded or what, whatever the case may have been. So um, I always respected that and I never wanted to lose that respect. It was like it was like a human thing to me. You know, mm-hmm. it was a, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was. And I, I felt as an executive then, and I still do to this day, that those players and those people in the, in this business, we deserve to treat each other with the utmost respect. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, just, the, that's the foundation of it all, right? Yeah, it's you know? just what the, uh, listen, you know, some of the most In the same way, if, if, you, if there were a group of guys that all had their masters, right, you know, from a prestigious university and they were all in the same room, there would be a foundation, right? We've been taught that there's right. a foundation of respect for all those people. These are masters of their craft. Do the same I, thing. I, I, yeah, I, exactly. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, you go, oh, man, you got to toughen up. Well, okay, that's that's great. But, you know, truthfully... You know, you, you, I can only speak for myself, and I think I can speak for the majority of the players. You know, I don't want to say all. You know, I'm, I'm I don't want to be naive when I say all, but the majority of the players they put their heart and soul out there into that game. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that all do, but there is a majority, a large majority of players that put their heart and soul out there when they go out there and play, whether they play good, bad, or indifferent. Their heart and soul is in the right place. You know. In my whole basketball career, I never played with a person who didn't want to do well or who didn't want to try to win the game. Did we always win the game? No. Did we always play well? No. But we try. And there's a certain innocence that you have that attracts you to sports. And mm. I always wanted to hold sports in that special place of like. Yep. Because it meant something to me. When I played, it meant something to me. When I watch it, I want to respect it. Mm-hmm. When I talk about it right now, I want to respect it. I want to respect those people that are playing the game. Everyone says new school. Oh, no, I just want to respect the game. Mm-hmm. There is For me, there's no new school. Oh, hey, respect the game. Just respect it, right? I, mm-hmm. I wanted to respect Oscar Robertson 
he played in his era and what they had to deal with and what Bill Russell and them had to deal with. Because I can't imagine what they had to deal with in that time period because I didn't know that time period. I heard about what happened in the 60s. Yep. I heard about what it was like to travel back then. I heard all of the stories, but I'm not comparing old school, new school. No, the hey, change is a part of the, you know, that's life. Today's player. I didn't, you know, when I came in the league, Tate, I, I traveled commercial. Tate, I washed my own uniform. Mm-hmm. I had to carry my own shoes. Tate, I didn't have a, a chef and all of the things and the weight training. Okay, okay, that's fine. But I want to respect the players and the things that they have today. I want to respect it. I want to respect it. And then so that the next generation, after this generation, continue to do it. So to me, it, it always came down to that one word, respect. And respect how the players play today, how they think. I mean, I don't have to understand it, but I can, I want to respect it because yep. I want that same respect because I knew that Earl Monroe and Walt Frazier and Willis Reed and all of those players before me, Sam Jones and Casey Jones, and they had to deal with something take that I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. And they left it so that when they passed the baton to me and that generation we wanted to respect it. And mm-hmm. then now we pass it to them. So to me, that that that's always been there. And that's always been for me the one thing that is, I think will bridge all of the generations. Just respect the game. Just respect it. Today's episode was brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the US that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. And we're also brought to you by our friends, DraftKings. It's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of all the action. Bet $4 on an underdog and win $256 if they win. It's that simple. That's bet $4 on an underdog and select college basketball games. And if they win, you collect $256. The bank is open. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code TATE to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to Pushing Through. 
And, and I will say this, you know, to, you, you said you're speaking for the players, you know, just from, you know, two players. I saw this, you know, Midas, our producer, sent us this <laughs> Howard Stern clip from, you know, Wilt Chamberlain's talking about the, you know, the, the current iteration of basketball. And he, you know, this is a guy that should be considered BJ probably just objectively the greatest basketball player ever, right? When you think about the talent that Wilt naturally has, you know, or had in, in, in his peak and even his post-prime, he was still unbelievable. But he's talking about Michael Jordan, a guy that came after him, a guy that basically took the throne from him, a guy that he has, you know, based on human, you know, there, there's a reason for him to have some animosity towards Michael Jordan. And he says instead that these guys today, they should owe, they owe everything to Michael Jordan. Because like you said, BJ, when you were playing, you're washing your own uniform, flying commercial. And now, you know, if you're on the team, you're a millionaire pretty much, you know. And, and the game grew and it blew up. And obviously, you know, Barcelona and the Dream Team and the Olympics and the global influence and the brands of Nike and Adidas and yada, yada, yada. All these things happened and, and obviously blew the game up. But the fact that Will Chamberlain can look at a guy who was from the generation after him or maybe two <laughs> generations after him and say, he's important, he's great, he, he made the game grow, he made it even better with no animosity. In fact, with almost you know a reverence and, and a respect, that's what it's all about. Well, you know, here in my, in my office, right, I always, I, I pay respect. And people always mm -hmm. ask me, why do I have these three guys in particular on my wall, right? Kareem. Wilt Chamberlain, who we're discussing, and Bill Russell. Why not Michael Jordan? Why not Magic Johnson? Okay, because when the game started, okay, it was a game that when it was coached, the bigs dominated the game. Mm -hmm. They dominated the game. You know, we, we, we coached around the bigs, whether it was George Mikan. Bill Russell, who's still, you know, 11, I mean, God, I mean, the, the man won 11 championships. Like mm -hmm. something was going on there, right? You got Kareem, when he won, what, like five or six or somewhere mm -hmm. around there. You got Will, guy scored 100 points in the game. My point being is that when these people were playing, the economics of the, the business at that particular time was entirely different than what it is today. Whether you say Michael is the greatest or this guy is the greatest, I can't. I I don't. I can't say that. I can't give mm -hmm. you an objective answer and say this is what it is and here's why. Let me give you the numbers because that was a different game, different situation, mm -hmm. so forth and so on. But no one can deny this: the economic impact of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. No one can bar deny none. Bar no none. one can deny it. Mm -hmm. Not only on the court, off the court. Okay. No one can deny the economic impact that this one individual had on not only his sport, the entire landscape. How I'm, we promote players, how we market players, how the game is going to be viewed. What does it mean to be a superstar? When everyone says he's the Michael Jordan of, everyone understands what that means. Yep. Television, streaming, he has had an impact. Culture, fashion, <clears throat> he's had an economic impact on the globe. And everyone has to understand that who understands why he is considered by the way, he was a pretty good basketball player. 
<laughs> by the way, <laughs> yeah. by the yes. way, but his economic impact it goes far beyond a person running around in shorts and a tank top putting a ball in the basket. Yep. And you have to understand it. And that's what I understood day one when I came into this league. If I wanted to play basketball because I loved it, I could have played, stayed at home in St. Cecilia. And everyone from Detroit knows what St. Cecilia is. I could have stayed at home and played all of the basketball I wanted to play. When I came into this business, I immediately learned the business and I had a front row seat at understanding the very best of the best that this league had to offer. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about winning the basketball game. I'm talking about I saw the very best that this league had to offer. And I've also experienced the other side of that. That's why I can say I know what the best is because I was on the other side as well. Mm -hmm. Michael, to this day, to this day, 2021, we're still comparing every player to someone that walked into that league, I think 1984. Yep. Think about what I'm saying here. Mm -hmm. He is the barometer for every other player that has come in this league, even to this day. If you say this guy is the greatest player, the first thing you're going to say is you will be. He was either better than that guy or he wasn't better than that guy. To this day, that was his impact on the game of basketball. I can just say this because I, I know this is how he felt. He wanted to leave the game. When I say he, Michael wanted to leave the game better than he found it. Mm -hmm. That was important to him. And I hope that's important to everyone that plays this game at the highest level. This game was in a better place and we have all benefited. Here I am to this day at 53 years of age, still talking about basketball. Yeah. Because of the commitment that all of those people before me. And I was just lucky. I was in the right place at the right time in the right moment for whatever the reasons may be to see someone love the game to that level, to that degree. So that, and when you look around, Tate, there's All-Star Weekend, there's shoe deals, mm -hmm. there's television deals, mm -hmm. there's merchandise, there's USA Basketball versus whomever, there's NBA Summer League, playoffs, regular season, preseason, <laughs> trade rumors, there's a reason that the game, people are that intrigued with the game. There's a reason. And Michael, I don't know if he's should get all of the credit, but you got to give him some of the credit because there were a lot of amazing players. <clears throat> but Michael Jordan ushered in a new era of business and a new era of basketball, which the game is still comparing itself to how he played the game some 30 years ago. Think mm -hmm. about that tape. tape. Mm -hmm. He was so far ahead of himself. I remember the first day of practice. I'd never seen a man do what he's doing. And even to this day, it still looks good. <laughs> mm -hmm. His style, 
the way he carried himself, the way he conducted himself. The only other person that you that I saw was Julie Servant. Mm-hmm. That could move like that. So what he did, how he played, artistically, how he 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 was creative, like yeah. He, I mean, he, you know, I mean, just talking from my vantage point, I mean, the fact that I grew up a kid in North Carolina, BJ, you know, a white kid in North Carolina, and my hero, my brother's hero, you know, our best friend's hero is a six foot six black man from Wilmington, North Carolina, who, who is the, the face of sports all over the world. And, you know, I was so young that when Jordan was winning 96, 97, 98, you know, I'm five, six, seven years old. And I thought Space Jam was real life. That's how much of an alien he was. Like, I thought that he actually went and saved the Looney Tunes who I loved and then came back and won three more championships, you know? And it felt real because if you watch Michael then, that's how magical it felt at times. It felt inevitable that he was going to do something magical. And he did. Right. And it's not to say that, like you said, we don't care about saying this person is the GOAT, this definitive thing. But the impact that Michael had, the fact that, you know, white kids in the South and one of the, you know, the most racist areas in the entire nation grew up looking up to him and him being their hero. You can't quantify that. And you talk about the impact that, you know, the stuff that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had to go through and Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell, for God's sakes, in Boston. I mean, and the fact that Michael was able to come after them and champion in an era where, you know, he he superseded everything. And it was because he was so creative. He was an artist and he was playing the game of basketball. And there's such creativity and poetry and beauty oh, man, in it, basketball. It, 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 and, and we should all be appreciative when you see and, and when I see Giannis mm-hmm. and Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. And Jokic and Joel Embiid. <laughs> I never imagined Tate that a third of the league, and it will be more, of the global impact. That, I mean, he is at the forefront, but that all of those players who played on the Dream Team and before that, because players mm-hmm. were going over there playing way before. When I say over there, Europe and all around the world playing, right? You know, players are going to China and stuff, playing and planning exhibitions. But the inspiration that Jordan had on these young people today, Luka Doncic and all these guys. I got friends of mine who who are from Europe. They studied those 92 Olympic tapes. That's how they learned how to play basketball. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that tape. Tate, I learned how to play basketball by just studying five games or six games, whatever they played in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. That was the barometer in which you judge everything moving forward. Yeah. So when you understand that, you have to respect that. There's that word again, <laughs> respect that, and mm-hmm. you move forward. And I hope that these young people – and how we started the conversation with, I, I just want to respect the game and the people that play it, the people that manage it, the people that coach it. Because, Tate, it, it's been a, an incredible ride for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, basketball has taken me all over this world. It has shown me things I couldn't imagine as a young kid from Detroit. 
it has taken me literally to places I never, I couldn't have, I, I couldn't have dreamt this, right? Yeah. I had a dream to maybe one day to play in the NBA like so many people. <laughs> Truthfully speaking, every day that I wake up, Tate, I go, this is beyond any dream I ever had that I would be doing this. It's beyond. Like I had a dream. I just wanted to, I just wanted to play. Like I, I grew up watching the Detroit Pistons. I just want, man, God, wouldn't that be awesome? Me and my friends would sit around. <laughs> man, that would be great. Yeah. Like all the little kids, right? Yep. Well, Tate, I've gone so far beyond that dream that I don't know what to say other than every day I just go, wow, it's unbelievable. I, I, kid goes to China, kid goes to Europe, kid plays, played, I, I won. <laughs> you, yeah. I, I never imagined any of this. And you got paid to do it. Tate, that was the one thing like, <laughs> you got paid to do this? Like, are yeah. you serious? You mean, I just yeah. got to like show up and wait a minute. Like, I've been playing basketball fr- my whole fr- life, right? That was yeah. like. Yeah. Frank Ocean said it. I should be paying you. you yeah, know? you know. I should be paying I, y'all. You know, Tate, it was like, <laughs> Tate, it was like, man, I get thirsty. Guy would, I come out of game, guy hand me a towel and water. You're like, oh my God, this is like the greatest thing I've ever had, you know, because mm. playing in the streets, there was no water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there were yeah, no yeah, towels, yeah. right? <laughs> We joke about it today, and I'm sure our memories are bad. Like, there were no water bottles back then, Tate. <laughs> you know? And we talk, we like, when did we drink? Mm-hmm. Well, we used to drink out of the hose, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Thing, well, yeah. We were in the gym. Like, what's no holes in the gym? You didn't you <laughs> oh, couldn't bring yeah, a hose yeah. in the, in the gym. Yeah, I mean. yeah it's like, like, there was no Gatorade back then. We was like, mm-hmm. how did we do it? You know, I was like, I don't know. I just, I don't remember drinking, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> But this is what happens when you get old. That's another conversation. But Tate, oh, man. it's great. Uh, and I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And hopefully, you know, you, we pass it on. Pass this on. You know, when yeah. I see LaMelo, man, pass that on. You know, I hope that young man, I want that young man to win it. Be fabulous. It would be great. Mm-hmm. It would be great to see Michael win as an executive. Absolutely. I mean, Michael is the only black owner in professional sports. And the fact that, yeah, I mean, that would be crazy. It it would be great because of the following. As a player, you have, you can, you have impact on the outcome of, of, of the game. Mm -hmm. You, you can impact the outcome. If I play well, it increases our chances to win. If I don't, okay. As a coach, you don't have as much impact as a player. But you but still can make decisions. You still yeah. can make decisions. You can impact the game. As an executive, you can, you know, you can make the right move and here and put the pieces together. And you could be, you know, you're not playing, but you got some impact. You, you know, you help shape the group or as an owner. I mean, as an owner, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? If you if you if you weigh in and you make a decision, then you know if that decision doesn't work, you know it's like, why is the owner weighing in? You know, get out of our business. If, if you don't weigh in and you don't do enough, then people are like, you're you're not doing enough to make them. You know, and, it's tough. And, and as an owner, as an owner, okay, it's like being a parent, like being a parent. <laughs> Everyone being you being a parent, right? You can tell your kids everything right. <laughs> 
You can give them everything. Yep. And you can do everything right. And you finally have to, and every parent understands this. That's an individual in that little body there. And you have to let that person be who they are. And that to me is, and me knowing Michael, that has to be so difficult for him because when, how, how do y'all say it? Some of us are about that action. Mm. <laughs> he was about that action. No doubt. Okay. He, no doubt. he was about that action. As an owner, it's been, it cracks me up to hear you talk about him on the sideline because it ain't nothing about his personality that's on the sideline. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's locked in. I mean, he was yelling out stuff on defense it's as soon as he caught the ball. about his yeah. personality that's yeah. on the sideline. Mm-hmm. That's just... So this is a man him, that said, I have a competition problem. You know, yeah. What I mean? so for him <laughs> to be able to win, he's going to have to do a complete 180. Mm-hmm. Because he was a cool, calm customer as a player. The game, but as an owner. You could do mm-hmm. you could do. All you could do is sit on the sideline and say, hey. Yep. Hopefully Malik Monk make this shot. Hopefully, yep. hopefully LaMelo make the right pass. Hopefully Bismack makes these free throws to send it over in overtime. Whatever <laughs> the case may be, there's nothing you could do. So, you know, I don't know how we got to that part of the conversation, but it's been good. I think that's probably a good place for us to end this conversation because we can go on and on. You talk about basketball, yeah. that's my love. And uh, it's hoopology, it's hoopology. That's That's what it is. Appreciate you as always. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. Well, BJ, that was uh, that was beautifully said. And you know, I mean, every single show now we're going to do a segment with you because, like you said, you, you saw firsthand one of the greatest guards, if not the greatest guard the game has ever seen, Michael Jordan. So we're going to introduce Guard Guru, the Guard Guru. You are the Guard Guru. And, uh, you know, after that, you know, I don't even think we need to have a special segment uh, for, the, for for today. But, again, this is uh, the Guard Guru brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Um, again, this has been Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier. That is BJ Armstrong, a.k.a. the Guard Guru. AKA the Guard Guru. And, uh, BJ, if you're in water. If you're in water, make ways. <laughs> But I want to say one last thing. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of the people who play this game, who love this game, who watch this game, and wherever you may be in the world. Just wanted to say thank you because, you know, the game means something. Mm -hmm. It's meaningful. And it means something, I know, to all of those young people, whether you play in high school, college, YMCA, whatever it is, recess, rec. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's always something to learn. It's a beautiful game. And uh, just want to say thank you to all of those people. And again, thank everyone for listening and uh, really appreciate it. Yep. And we'll be back next week again. It's pushing through and we'll see you next Tuesday.